In my last iteration, I was talking about social media, specifically how this year I was looking to refine or even completely redefine how I use it personally and professionally. One of the biggest challenges for me historically has been consistency, both in terms of what I make and how I share it. And I think the bulk of the challenge comes around just how much I'm trying to do and the fact that when I look at it on paper, I end up almost feeling paralyzed by the weight of my own ideas. And as a response, I don't do anything. Sean Tucker reached out after listening to the episode and offered some terrific insights on how he uses social media and also some suggestions for how we can use it so it feels more like a tool and less like a distraction. I'm Jeffrey Sidoris. I'm talking to Sean Tucker, and this is In Between. So I was listening to your um, iteration the other day. Mm-hmm. Uh, your algorithm one, and sort of thinking about um, how you put things out online in terms of the things you make and how you get people engaged and the rest of it. Me personally, and, and it, or or the proverbial you, how we, well, how you, we all, you, because you, because I think I've I've done a lot of thinking about that for the last two years anyway. So I've got something that works for me. It, it made me rethink some things, and mm-hmm. or, or at least guess and stuff. Because I, I, well, we have a mutual friend in Gabrielle. Yep. who uh, she'd heard the same episode and we were sitting shooting together for the day and ended up talking about, you know, the, the, the kind of necessary evils of social media and how you use it in conjunction with your art or don't because you feel you're above it or, you know, different people feel very differently about it. And, and I think it was funny talking to her because I could sort of, she was saying, oh, you've been in this a lot longer than me and I'm starting to think about it. Um, and, and I pick this up with a lot of people that I talk to, like a real, uh, reluctance to get involved with social media in general, but then specifically like a real reluctance to set any kind of schedule, um, that in, in you terms of a, a release to. or a posting type thing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. Because, because I, I, from my, from my experience, like social media only really works if you're consistent. And mm-hmm. I know that consistency to artists is anathema. You know, like, why, why would you tell me I have to produce one thing a week? Art doesn't work like that. Right. So there's this, like, there's this, like, push and pull and argument or, or fight in, in people's heads about, like, you know, I should just be able to post when I feel like it and everyone should follow along because they think that I'm great at what I do. And, and I agree with you. Like, in, a, in, a, in an ideal world, that is the way that it should be. But I also know the reality of social media. And, and even if I'm honest, the channels that I follow and the things that I follow online, it's very rare I follow something with an inconsistent output. Hmm. I, I just kind of drop off the map after a while because I'm like, well, I never know when they're going to put stuff out. I don't have any expectation because they don't create any expectation in me. And I think about the, 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 the people who put stuff out consistency are, are more often on my mind. So that I'm more engaged with what they do. Right. And I know like there's that, I mean, there, there's that fight in artists who use social media that, that sort of, you know, almost like a resentment for the fact that, that, that that's true. And yet it's true for all of us, I think. Because, I mean, imagine the stuff you follow. Right. I mean, I, I, I wonder if you follow anything that, had, that really doesn't have a consistent release schedule. 
I I think the the frustrating the most frustrating I think thing about social media for me is even if you do release things at 2 p.m. Uh, every Tuesday or in the mm. afternoon every every day even if there's there's such a there's such an abundance of of content being flooded out onto social media that if you mm. don't check in regularly even if you do post regularly I don't see it there are there are so many people that I follow yeah. that I I miss the bulk of what they follow just because it gets lost in such an enormous stream of information where I have to end up going to their profile page or uh you know actively going well did so and so share anything else today because there's so much information it gets lost and I don't I don't go on to I don't I don't log into Instagram often enough to to get everything and I think that's part of the yeah. frustration for me is is the algorithm decides what it wants me to see yeah rather than just giving us a toggle of let me look at everything chronologically well i mean that's that's a frustration for people who post and for people who view isn't it like mm-hmm. you don't you don't get what you want um and you 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 i mean i i often post videos on youtube that people say they didn't see but they they're all following along and subscribing because they weren't shown that stuff and they've done loads of tests between different channels and saying that you know their subscribers literally can't see when they put stuff out right because youtube doesn't even show the people who are following you all the time yeah i didn't see your most recent one pop up i had i i just happened to be on your channel page and i was like oh sean's got a new video but i didn't i didn't get notified or see it in any sort of feed or anything but the flip side and that's true and it's really frustrating but the flip side of that is that the algorithm still does reward or push content that comes out more regularly mm-hmm. so it, it in 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 the sense that like your audience should be able to see everything you do it's really frustrating that they don't finding a new audience does come down to the fact that alg- the algorithm will push you towards or push you out there further right if you're more consistent with the stuff you put out there and it's like like i mean i've i said in a video a while ago that, that, that we don't know what it is we have no idea what that algorithm is and they will never tell us because then we'll just cheat the system right so we don't actually know how it works but we know little things like we know that consistency helps mm-hmm. minimum, you know? Um, but, but there's also people who will keep up with you deliberately. Like I, I, I have, um, so for my, my, my two schedules, okay. And I, and I keep it as simple as possible because, um, the, the rule I have for myself is, is that it, it must be very simple for me to remember my audience, to remember exactly what my schedule is. And I, I have to be able to do it comfortably. Like, it mustn't feel like a stress. There's way too many people out there who are burning out uh, because they, they give themselves these crazy schedules of two or three videos a week. Mm-hmm. Who's got two or three interesting things to say a week? I definitely don't. You know? and, and then they, they push themselves to do it. They spread a little content a long way. They eventually hate their own content. They burn out and they try and go back to what they started at the beginning, but they've kind of muddied the waters. And, and I never wanted to do that even from the beginning. So my two schedules are I will do one video a month and I don't say when that will be. Like, this is how th- loose I think a schedule can be. I, I don't even say it's on the first Tuesday of every month. Mm-hmm. I just, it will be on a Sunday, just because I've worked out that's when um, most of my audience is online. So it'll be on a Sunday, sort of 5, 6 p.m. UK time. But I don't know which Sunday of that month it'll be. But I know if I just keep them coming regularly. So I know I'm going to do that. And sometimes I do two videos a month, but I know I will definitely do one. And I know I can manage that easily. No excuses. So I can do that forever without burning out. And then the other one is just one, 
photo on Instagram per day. And that doesn't mean I go out every day to shoot. It just means that when I go out and shoot, I edit and collect a bunch of images that are stored up on my right, phone. Right. And I pick one of those at around the same time every day, so between 4 and 6 p.m. UK time, because that's when the States is waking up and I've got my graphs that show me sort of when people are around. And I post one of those a day. And because I've created that expectation, even if the algorithm doesn't show people stuff, I now have like a group of people who message me if it gets to seven, eight o'clock UK time and go, hey, we didn't see your photo for the day. Hmm. Because I've created an expectation in them that they would have gone looking for it even if the algorithm didn't show right, it to them. Right. And that, that to me is like what it's about. It's, a, it's about building an audience that kind of knows what and when you do stuff and, and that they care about it. And if right. I wasn't consistent, they couldn't care like that. It'd be impossible. Well, and you brought up something interesting and, and it, it, it's related to that, that iteration about that. I, I got some feedback about just mm. what you said earlier about art, not being consistent and, you know, yeah. you, sh you should be able to create on your own time. And, and all of those things are true, but to your point, the platform that you're sharing to doesn't care when you create, it cares when you share and how often you share. Yeah. So to, for you to go out and say, okay, I'm going to, you know, I've got this backlog of things that I can share. I'm not saying that for a moment that you have to create a new piece of art and share it every day because you're right. Art has to happen on its own schedule. Mm. But if there are ways to either create a backlog of images or show BTS images or, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, show something that has inspired or informed the body of work that you're working on or share about someone else's work. That's another thing that that yeah. I don't see nearly often enough is someone going, hey, I happened upon this. It's really cool. You should check it out. Exactly. Because the social media isn't, the, isn't necessarily the art. Mm -hmm. it's, it's you engaging with a group of people. And like you say, it could be pushing somebody else's art. Yeah. It could be posting some kind of question to start a discussion. It could yeah. be a bunch of different things, but it's just having that regular engagement. And, and like... like I think that's the reluctance in people is like, yeah, but art doesn't happen on a schedule. Of course it doesn't happen on a schedule. But, but I also feel like the videos that I produce, I wouldn't call them like my art. I think the, the photos that I produce, I'm trying, that, that's the core of it. The, mm -hmm. the videos are almost commentary around the art, which I can produce regularly. And the photography I put on Instagram you know, a lot of it is not stuff I'm mega proud of or anything, but it, but it is, it is like a visual lookbook. It is saying I had this idea, you know, I, I took this photo, this isn't a final photo, but I like the colors and the way this interacted and what the light was doing. And it makes me think about stuff I could do in the future. It's engaging with an audience around the subject of my art mm -hmm. so that by the time I get to the end of the year and I posted every single day, I have 360, whatever photos, I then have a book, which I put out every year with 90 photographs. And now I can cull from the best of those and from other places to put a book together to sell to that audience, which I do consider more my art, even though that isn't really my art, because it's not really like my photography book. It's, it's a representation of what I did throughout the year. So the stuff that I would say, you know, I would print out big and put on a wall, that happens far less frequently. Right. And it, I almost feel like the social media Everything I put out doesn't have to be a work of art. It just has to create discussion around the art that I'm doing, which doesn't have to happen on such a rigid schedule, if that makes sense. No, it does. Two things. Using social media as all business versus sharing parts of your personal life 
as well. Where do you mm. feel like it's either moving to or or is comfortable for you? Because I I don't see a lot of, for example, let's use you because you're here. Um, I don't see a lot of your personal life or what you're doing or where you're at. I see a lot of your photographs, and that's definitely a valid and 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 effective way to go. Is mm. it conscious or purposeful on your on your part not to show that stuff, or are you just so focused on showing the art and the and and the sort of business side? And I don't I don't mean that pejoratively no, at all. No, I don't. No, no, I know what you mean. I think for me personally, it, it is it is more business mm-hmm. in in like the business of the art I'm trying to do that that kind of. Thing. because i think like i'm not a vlogger you know right. so i'm 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 not going to go out and run around and shoot messy video of the fact that i went to this restaurant and had this food today because i really don't care and i don't think anyone else does either mm-hmm. but but and i think the, that's not why people are following along and 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 it's different for different people like i think vloggers are you know that's that's the point is you you're engaged with their lives and and it's a very very popular medium and good for them and that's where it gets messy and personal life becomes business and I think that's where you see a lot of people struggle and burn out and right. things start to fall apart because to separate those two at some point is really important, especially if you're pulling people you love around you into that world, you know, because it's, it's, it's a very hard thing to manage, right. um, to sort of protect the people you love around you uh, and not exploit them for business to try and make interesting videos, et cetera. So um, for me, it's a lot cleaner because, you know, Instagram is just about uh, street and travel photography or portrait photography on my other on my other um, platform, mm-hmm. and the videos are about photography and creativity in general. And and in those videos, I try and be vulnerable and sort of share my story as I go along. And and you absolutely are. You absolutely are. I wonder how your Instagram feed would change or or be changed if you didn't have a YouTube channel. How how would we see yeah. that sort of vulnerability or personal side of you mm. without the videos as as a as an outlet? Yeah, I mean, my Instagram channel did absolutely nothing before YouTube. It was small, you know, mm. no one cared. And 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 it's funny. Someone commented on my Instagram the other day and said, uh, "Your Instagram doesn't feel at all like your YouTube channel. We feel like we get a lot more of you out of your YouTube channel." Mm. But they they are kind of, I suppose. I mean, this is what I said to Gabrielle when we were having this conversation is, is, is um, you know, you can use them for what you want. I mean, instead of kind of railing against the evils of social media, think of them like a tool to, to sort of promote yourself and get the work out. You don't have to go out and find an agent, which is impossible to do, who's going to promote your work and, and right. all the rest of it. You can be your own agent and use these platforms to get your work out there. And how you do that is totally up to you. So I've chosen to use the YouTube thing to share some of my story, to sort of dig in on creativity in general and do some specific teaching on photography. And then the, the, the Instagram, my main Instagram is more street photography and travel photography and, and sort of talking to people about how to see light and the rest of it. Right. And then I've got a portrait um, Instagram, but that's more for work. It's just there because it's, I managed to get hold of at London portraits. So, so that handle was pretty good. And I thought I'd put up portraits there in case anyone wanted to hire me for portrait work. Not right. that anyone ever really does from that thing, but I, I've got it because I knew that made business sense. So I suppose it is, it is mostly business. I mean, now I, I freelance for the first time in five or six years, I'm making freelancing working only because of social media, mm-hmm. only because there's a group of people who are following along that I built up over three years 
who are now willing to come out to workshops, who will buy the book every year. And, you know, you've got companies sponsoring videos and stuff like that. Like, I, I can do this now, not because I am a successful photographer, because I'm not really. It's because do you I, not, do you I not think that you are. No. Well, I mean, no, because I, I, I purely as a photographer, I mean, yeah. like last year. But what does that even uh, mean? I mean, you and I have talked about well, that so many times. Do you know anybody just making money strictly from photography? A handful, but they are the big names. Right. Um, I think the rest of us, it is a, it is a mix. Yeah. And maybe that's something I need to get out of my head and everyone else does I mean, as well. As- what did you say this morning? You said, uh, how did you say it? That you're a publisher. Because yeah, that's yeah. where that's exactly. where you know a, a yeah. good deal of money is coming from at the moment. Yeah, and I'm not I'm not embarrassed about that. I'm, I'm really proud. Of, yeah, I, I'm really be. proud of that. But 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 at the same time, I never want. You know what it is? It's 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 uh, coming up as a photographer, and we spoke about this before. Like I, I was always really discouraged by YouTubers who would pretend like they've got all their stuff together and were always super busy and super successful. Right. And then th- three months later, they disappear off the map because they went bankrupt because <laughs> right. it was all a lie. Because that Learjet cost a ton of money to rent exactly. for the photos. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> when Instagram you can't drink gets Cristal expensive. every day and expect it to last. Yeah. <laughs> exactly, yeah. I mean, because it's all like, that's people using Instagram or, or, or social media purely as a promotional tool to show off about how successful they want everyone to think they are. Mm-hmm. But but I made a choice never to do that and to try and be vulnerable about it. And and like I said, like Zach Arias was one of the guys early on who would make videos and be honest about when things weren't working or he was struggling with stuff. Sure. And I thought that's that's one of the guys who made me realize, oh, they're all just human beings faking it. Like, uh, and I didn't want to fake it as well. So I was trying to be very honest about the fact that. I'm not a successful photographer. I struggled. I got six jobs the whole of last year, I think. Mm. Purely, purely photography jobs. I had a contract to do some video work and purely photography jobs, about six jobs. Yeah. There's no ways I would have made it as a freelance photographer last year. But social media, because I'm, I'm using that more as my business around the topic of photography and filmmaking and creativity, is now my business. And, and, and I st- it's not that like it becomes, you know, cold for me now. I, I, I'm absolutely passionate about it. In fact, it's first prize for me because I really miss teaching yeah. and, and all those kind of things. So this is bringing everything together for me, a bunch of stuff I really love to do. And, and I'm, I'm in my happy place doing this stuff. Yeah. And the fact that it can pay the bills is brilliant. But I never want anyone to think that I have a big social media following because I'm an incredible photographer, because I don't think that's true. I think I've got a long way to go. And I, I, I see way, way more people out there who have tiny Instagram followings who kick my ass. Like that's the other thing is social media is not, it's not a good gauge on how talented you are. No. And that's, I mean, look, that gets back into the imposter syndrome and, and comparing mm. yourself to other people. And that, that leads nowhere. Mm. It really does. Yeah. You know, and I, I think that, that your use of, of each of the platforms for not different reasons, but, but, different sides of that photography coin is, is actually quite brilliant. And I don't know that you could, and maybe you can speak to this, but I don't know that you could have the business as a photographer that you do have without one or the other, because I think they, they allow you to explore not only different sides of your work, but they allow you to present different sides of yourself. Yes. Yes. And, 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 
and I don't want to just be a photographer, to be right, honest. Right. I, I, I want to be a filmmaker. I want to, I mean, this year I really want to get more into doing interviews on camera on my channel as yep. well. Um, I wish I, we would have shot video while we were in Paris together. because That would have been so much fun. We took, I mean, for those of you who don't know, we met up in Paris. Sean and I and Adrian met up in Paris and we were there for, what, three days. Mm-hmm. And I think maybe we took five or 10 pictures. The rest of it was just <laughs> yeah, walking yeah. around talking. And yeah, yeah. I so we, wish. We walked 25 kilometers in one yeah, day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I yeah. so wish we would have yeah. been rolling video on that because mm. those conversations were insightful they were introspective they were inspiring and what i loved about it was there was everybody was a part of the conversation you know mm. all three of us kind of mm. chimed in when we were all three together and then you and i kind of went off and and there was there was an intimacy there that you don't often see or hear when you're watching video conversations between creatives and I, and I think yeah. that's where, where yeah. you excel in your channel is, is you show that it's okay for you to be vulnerable and your audience respects that. And I think that's, that's the social in social media, right? And it's something that, that we sometimes forget because we're so busy saying, look at me, look what I made, look at me, look what I made. Absolutely. I, I mean, I can't, I'm going to have a bit of a rant. I, I can't handle how like how much naked self-promotion there is on, on social media and, and not just from people who make content, but people in comment sections, mm-hmm. like it really drives me nuts. How, how someone will, 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 will jump onto something someone else has made. And I'm not, I'm not just talking about me. I see this on everyone's channel and, and just yell about the one little thing they think they know, totally ignoring the content because they, they're, they're an insecure photographer trying to get everyone else to think that they know their stuff because they've got a fragile ego. And I just feel like the only way to break that sort of crap down is by modeling vulnerability mm-hmm. um, and, and saying like, guys, we don't have to do this. Like we can actually just all say that we're struggling if we are, which most of us are. And then we can stop trying to Guilty. prove stuff to each other. Well, exactly. <laughs> and we can stop, we can stop trying to prove stuff to each other and actually right. help each other. I mean, I, I, We've spoken about this before as well, and you know maybe we'll still do it sometime in the future. But but I think the the internet and especially the photography community needs some kind of online forum or space where people can get together to actually support each other. Yeah, and and just to ruthlessly kick out people who want to argue about about you know everyone else does stuff wrong. I know the best way to do stuff. Or if you're using a Canon, you're an idiot because I'm a Fuji guy. Just shut up and actually talk about each other's journeys and help each other mm-hmm. and support each other and give advice and give like constructive feedback, even if it's negative, that it's constructive. Like there's just so little of that. You jump onto Reddit and it's terrifying often. Like there's none of that vulnerability modeled. It's just people yelling at each other in a vacuum because, because they're desperate to, to feel significant or useful or, or successful. And it, I mean, I don't know how they're convincing themselves that's working either. It's got to be very unfulfilling. Um, and, and that's the negative side of social media. And that's why, like, I think, you know, what you're doing with your, with, your, with your interviews and especially with your iterations now, you know, what I'm trying to do on a YouTube channel um, and there's, there's people that we know mm-hmm. who are trying to do this sort of thing and almost try and push back against the tide of, of the, the, the sort of, you know, successful shouty photographers and, and, and commenters on, on social media who are, I mean, making everyone else feel bad, right. really. I, I don't, it doesn't help anybody, that stuff. It just... It's it's like a it's like a screamed advert for half an hour. Right, 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 right. 
Well, and you, you have to wonder what's, what's the goal of this? Like the, the person sitting there writing this out, what, what was, what was going through his or her head to mm. take time out of their day to just <laughs> shit on you for no apparent reason? Like what, what, what's, what's, what's the end game there? It's never about me or you. Like yeah. when people do that, I've worked that out. Like, cause I, I'll often push back. And this year I've just decided I'm going to be less, it's funny actually, I get people on my Instagram going, uh, the way that I'll comment back with people on Instagram, that doesn't sound like the guy from the videos. And I'm like, I'm not the guy in the video. You must be kidding. Like, that's not who I, I get really impatient I, like everyone else does. I can does. speak I'm to not, the truth of that statement. Yeah, exactly. Like it's, I'm, not, I'm not that guy. Like I'm, I, 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 uh, that's part of who you are, but it's not the totality. Yeah, and, and it's not that yeah. I don't mean what I'm saying in those videos. It's just that if we sat over a table with each other, the guy in the video sat over a table with you and you said something that you said in a comment to my face, you wouldn't get some Zen-like monk dude like right, right. stroking you on the back. I'd be like, you're being a knob. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. That's what I'd say. And I go like, what's actually going on? And that's the thing is every time you push back in the comment section with somebody who's just, oh, you're an idiot. You don't know what you're talking about because I know this one fact, which is usually, I mean, they don't, it's never people who know what they're talking about. That's the thing. And it's never people with an impressive portfolio. I, mean, I said it in a video, you will never find a talented troll. You try and find their work. <laughs> You can't, you, you're never going to click on someone who's shitting on you, <laughs> go to their page and they're brilliant. They're some genius. Oh it's God. always a very, very frustrated creative who can't work out why their stuff isn't working, who doesn't necessarily yet have the self-awareness to realize they've got a long way to go. Right. So they're venting their frustration at you going, oh, you, shut up. You don't know. I know. And it's like, you're just regurgitating another video you heard and you haven't totally understood what they've said right, either. Right, right, right. And I'm going to struggle to be kind to you because it's just yelled ego in my face right now. So I'll try, but I'm going to push back as well. I'm not going to give you an easy time. And then the minute you push back, I mean, I, I had a guy the other day, like, this is the other thing. This is the other thing about social media. The minute you post something online, people assume it's because you're asking for a critique. Mm -hmm. Like, no, I'm not. I'm, I'm posting something because I'm sharing the work that I'm doing. But it's not to beg you, who I don't know, and I don't know if you know anything, to give your two cents on it. Because how can I take that seriously? I don't know who you are. I don't know if you know what you're talking about. So I can't take any of that seriously. And some guy got on an image and went, it was two days in a row I posted images on Instagram. And he got on the one day, oh, I love this image. And then he goes on the next day, he goes, um, I really don't like this image. I preferred yesterday's image. I hope you get your mojo back soon. And, wow. I, and I just... So I just posted back and I wow. went, because again, like I, I don't take everything I post every day that seriously. So I just posted underneath. I said, there's better ways to get attention. Do you right. want to talk about something? Right, right, right. He deleted the comments straight away. He got onto my messages in the back end. He said, I'm really sorry I said that. I was coming from a bad place. Um, I'd really like it if you took a look at my work. I'm really struggling with stuff at the moment. I'm not really sure. And I'm like, okay, that's where it comes from. You mm -hmm. don't really, to take people like that seriously, you're an idiot. There's, it's, it's far more about them than about anything you've done. Someone right. who yells at you in a comment section is, and, and is, fr is frustrated. To be fair, yeah. you, have, you have received, and you've only told me about a few of them. I'm sure there have been more, but you have received some decidedly pointed and, and in, a, in a few cases, very personal attacks on, <laughs> on <laughs> for no reason, really. Well, I think everyone's had that. Yeah. Um, but like, I think I, well, me in particular, I think I piss people off because I, I, I piss off a very particular sort of person, I think. And it, and it is, um, I think it's, this is what I've been able to glean, um, is I, I piss off bombastic Americans. 
um, because I th- <laughs> of I which think there like, are a growing number. <laughs> yeah, because because I think they've been told they have to do something a particular way the whole right. time. They they bought the kind of um, they bought the kind of uh, you know the, the the business conference where you you stand up and you yell because you're going to get your power back and you're going to succeed in business and like claim your your dream you have. And I'm 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 subverting that a little bit. I'm I'm kind of undermining that kind of rah rah capitalism by by being vulnerable, by being honest about when things don't work, by by kind of undermining it and saying the journey's messy for everyone, and keep your expectations in check and calibrate your expectations for the long term. And and I, the, the the biggest reactions I get are to stuff like that, like that to them is considered like very navel gazy and rubbish, and you don't know what you're talking about, and this is why you know it's it's. It, it, it rubs some people the wrong way because they've sold themselves into a particular philosophy of how to make life work for themselves. And but I don't buy working? that stuff. I mean, if, no, if, if you're not. taking the time to, to spew these comments, is it really working? No. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why they're angry. Yeah. I mean, otherwise, if it was working, you just wouldn't even need to comment. You, wouldn't, you would probably wouldn't be watching me. You don't care. You're, you're, doing it, you're so busy doing your thing. Have you got time to watch me? It's because it's not working and you think maybe I might have a point, but you don't want to admit that it's, it's that messy as a journey and that things don't work out that easily. So you'd rather just yell at me because, right. it's because you're actually yelling at the universe, not being a fair place. Do you know, I'm, I'm okay. Do you think maybe the tide is about to change in terms of social media because these, these deeper conversations that we have had and continue to enjoy seem to be slowly becoming more popular and more prevalent? Well, and I think you're on the cutting edge of that because I think podcasting was the first to go there Mm -hmm. um, with longer form conversations that, you know, were more open and vulnerable and dug deep. I mean, you know, even like the the, the Mark Marins and stuff who do celebrity interviews or there's a comedy podcast in, in New York I've listened to for, they were around one of the first, I think, like 13 years they've been going now called Keith and the Girl, mm-hmm. um, who I did a little documentary on years ago. Um, like those kind of podcasts were like, wow. You know, these are people who are like, people come in and they, they, they probe and they push and, and to find out things. And, and people are very, very vulnerable and giving. And it's exactly what you're doing in that creative space with artists and, and getting people to talk about the messiness of j- the journey. And I think everywhere else is catching up. Um, and YouTube even in some of the vlogging on YouTube, that gets quite vulnerable as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I always went, because I give talks every now and again on how to use YouTube for your business. And, and the, the point I make there is like, you have to stop thinking about it like you're, you're posting ads because people are hungry for that reality stuff. So you had the early 2000s and, and the rise of reality TV and Survivor and Big Brother and all those, which was a massive, unprecedented hit in terms of numbers of people watching. But after about three or four years, those formats, they, the, the, the following season wasn't as exciting as the previous if they just left links to run their course because sometimes it will, sometimes it won't because life happens differently. Right. So they had to start scripting it a bit and faking things to always up the ante. Right. And people started Can we to get a little off. argument here? Can we get a little drama yeah. here? Yeah. yeah. Do you know what she said about you when the camera's rolling but yeah. you went around? You know, <laughs> go, just go kneecap her. Um, <laughs> go um, kneecap her. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> So like all that, and then people started to sort of, you know, get very cynical about reality TV because we realized it wasn't reality. And that's when YouTube took off. You sort of had that 2006, 2007, 2008 and vlogging really becoming popular because people jumped ship 
to YouTube to see reality again. Mm -hmm. um, and I think in any format, we're desperate to, to hear, because we're so split up and individualized and separated off from each other, we're desperate to listen to other people's plights so we get a bit of safety in numbers and go, oh yeah, I also deal with that, that's also right, rough. Right. And, and these kind of formats, I reckon, it is, it is shifting fast. I've got a friend who actually, he manages a couple of very big YouTubers, that's his job. And he was talking to me and saying there is a second wave, he calls it, of YouTube coming through, which are positioning themselves deliberately and the trend is, is taking off that, that people who position themselves to share their lives more vulnerably and honestly are doing much, much better than people who act like they're presenting a kid's show and yelling at the camera. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and less often. I mean, we've talked about that too, yeah. that that daily vlog seems to be oh, yeah. slowing down and people are realizing that they can't maintain either no. the energy or the integrity or the authenticity on yeah. a daily basis, but they can do it maybe on a weekly or even to your point, a monthly basis. Well, this is the thing is that people go, this, people told me this is not the way you should do YouTube. You're not going to build an audience with just one video a month, but I have. And yet here I, you I've, have, I've, yeah. I've built it, I've probably built it slower, but now I can go forever like I don't this. know, man. I think the, the, the journey from 100 to 200,000 seemed to happen pretty quickly. It, it happened faster, but I think that's down to algorithms as well. Every yeah. time you cross over a milestone, the algorithm kicks in again and gives you another kick, like mm -hmm. another boost. Um, but I mean, e either way, like I'm not a Peter McKinnon or somebody, you know, that's a guy who's What's a up? lot more... Ex exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, what? You forgot the... What? You got to put the... Who, who, where? What? <laughs> you just dial in. <laughs> hey, Pete. Congrats on three mil. Um, Is he at so, three yeah. million? He's about to cross three million, I believe. Yeah, I mean, wow. I mean, and good for him. That's great. And I'm, I'm, I think it's great that there are people out there who are that accessible, mm -hmm. and and good for him. It's not what I'd want to build personally, and I'm happier. And I know this sounds like I could just be saying this. I'm genuinely happier with a smaller audience as long as they're engaged. Right. That because because um, I can I can make a living doing this. I don't need to, you know, 3 million and buying mansions. I really don't need that. I'm, if I can do this forever, this was the dream just to get here. So I'm happy from now. I, I'm, I can, I'm not obviously not like a very uh, aggressive person or right, like right. very ambitious, but like, I'm, I'm very happy, like doing this forever. And as long as, yeah, like I say, there's a, there's a community around it, it's engaged and I just get to keep doing it slowly. I'm, I'm a happy bunny, man. I'm good to go. So does your anxiety increase as, as the numbers increase in your audience? Like, is there, is there a point at which you go, Oh, wow, 500,000, we need to slow this train down. Or do, are you going to be able to just sort of roll with it? Do you think? No, cause they're not, it's not, it's also not real. That's yeah. the other thing is yeah, the yeah. numbers aren't real. So, um, like when I, when I was starting out and, and, you know, you get to your first 10,000 or whatever, my wife would tell me, oh my gosh, that's 10,000. Or you get to your first 50,000 subscribers. And they go like, that's like, that's like a whole, like Wembley stadium, like standing and listening to what you have to say. And I'm like, it's not though, but like I, I get, uh, I have 200,000 subscribers on YouTube, but the last video I put out only had 30,000 views. Right. So are those engaged people? Or are they just people who click subscribe once and most of them have forgotten about you? Right. Like all of those number things have to be taken with a massive pinch of salt. We talked about Simon. He's at like 80, 85% of his viewers watch every yeah. video. That's massive. Yeah. Simon Baxter, check him out. He's, he's, he's great. And he doesn't post that regularly either. But, so he's got a smaller subscriber base, but they are super engaged mm -hmm. and they really, really care about what he has to say. And imagine if he's only got 35,000 subscribers or whatever it is, you can say that or you can say, 
that they're all engaged. And he has 35,000 people who want to know what he has to say this week. Right. right. Like that's or in, what you Meg's put, doing. <laughs> exactly. It's probably more Meg here. Yeah. But I mean, that's, that, I mean, I mean yeah. that's, that's like it put those people in a room. Yeah. That's incredible. So, so take it all with a pinch of salt because on both sides, you can look at it and think it's a bigger deal than it is. Mm-hmm. You know, just keep going because. And, and uh, I, can, I can say for those people who might be listening that you are not coming to this realization now that you have 200,000 and going, well, numbers don't matter. You really have been there the whole time of, of insisting mm, that this, mm. is, this is fantasy. This is not a reality that should indicate how good you or your work is. You've been very consistent. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. Because, because I've watched other people and, and I mean, we both know people. We've spoken about people that we really love and respect on podcasts or, or YouTube channels who, who used to produce incredible content and then worked out what audiences would watch more and what would get them more views. And they switched over to stuff yeah. that just felt way more shallow or that, that kind of ticked a box because they knew it would be clickbaity or, right. and I, I just, I watched that happen. I, I, I said, I will never, ever do that. Yeah. I will be proud of every video I put out. I'm not going that route, even if it ends up, and I will be smaller than they will be always. But I'm, I'm not letting anyone, I'm not letting myself take that from me because I'm chasing something. I'm already at a place where now I can pay the bills doing what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. That was always the goal. I've won. I can just keep building slowly now, you know, and, and the more it builds, the, the, the better it gets. I don't get more anxiety around it. It just becomes a little bit safer that I can keep doing this into the long term. Do you feel more willing to take chances with, with what you produce as the audience increases, or do you feel more of a responsibility to stay true to what you've been producing because that's what they signed up for? I have to, I have to say true to the tone of it. Mm-hmm. Um, like if the tone changed, I would get called on it so fast by yeah, my lot yeah. anyway. But um, I don't mind experimenting with content and trying different things. I tried a series of videos last year, um, which I thought would be a good idea on, on how to find good light. Mm-hmm. So if I saw good light somewhere, I'd show how I have to take one photograph and why I saw the light that I did in that space. They didn't do that well, so I just stopped doing them. And that's fine. I experimented with something, tried right, it. Right. It didn't How really did the do piece that well. about your grandfather do? Well, again, like it did okay, but it didn't do as well as like the fact that I switched to Sony cameras because, really? you know, apparently, it's, isn't it shocking? But like, again, like I'm wow. not going to make videos about Sony cameras. I, I know if I want to build my channel, I could do that tomorrow and I could grow much faster, but I care about the other stuff. <laughs> or a comparison you know? between the, uh, the Olympus and the Fuji. Oh gosh! Yeah, exactly. <laughs> just just for just for one person in the states, just for Jeffrey. <laughs> I'll just the most in-depth just, comparison of two cameras ever produced, and it will never see the light of day. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You've, you've got all the material and hard drives. <laughs> you've probably got you probably got your own hard drive on it, haven't you? I, I could fill a drive with what. Yeah, but we, we we dare not speak of this. We should not. <laughs> Yeah, so, okay, I, I'm well, surprised well, that the, the the piece about your grandfather didn't do. I mean, it's it, fine. It's such a great I mean, it's, direction, it's, and you could you could see so much of you in that piece. It's fine, but it it's it, it's it's got about thirty thousand views, like I said. But mm-hmm. uh, but I have two hundred thousand subscribers, so not right. even all my not even not even a quarter of my subscribers have watched it, and and that's okay because because I'm doing something that's slightly more longer form with room to breathe. It's right. a half hour interview. And I don't care because that's what I wanted to do. And I think it's great for what it is. I do too. If, if you haven't seen it and you're listening, go, go to Sean's channel and watch it. It's a lovely piece. And 
what a treat your grandfather is. Isn't he lovely? Yeah, yeah he's great. Yeah. And, 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 and I feel like I have to back what I do first. And if people watch it, I mean, if again, am I playing for numbers? If I am, I know what I need to do, but I'll end up hating it. Or I can do this, which I really care about. And whoever watches it, watches it. Mm -hmm. And the fact that I can still make ends meet and keep going with this thing, it means, means I, I can't moan. Right. What, because what, I don't have a, a million views on that video. It's well, not a million view video. There are enough people out there doing you know, the, the, the other types of content. What, what are you oh, yeah. really going to offer to that pool? Nothing. Yeah. Well, nothing. And I'm not a techie guy. I wouldn't even do it very well. I, I don't, <laughs> I don't true. have that attention. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Keep, keep in mind, Sean is the guy who bought a camera without ever touching it, holding it. Just. Yeah, absolutely. That was, and, it, and, and to be fair, I'm not. That blew I'm your not, mind, didn't it? it? Oh my. I just, <laughs> we talked about that. We're still talking about it. I mean, it just, I am so envious of you being able to put emotion aside and just go, okay, here are the things that I need this tool to do. Mm -hmm. This is the only one in my price range that will do it. So that's the one I'm going to buy. Yeah, that's so brilliant. I ordered it. And that's then I took all my cameras. No, no, no. You ordered two. I picked it up. You got two. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I took them home. And then the only time I held them in my hand was when I took mine out of the box when I got it home. And and <laughs> and and I didn't I didn't like I didn't like the feel of it in my hand. Like I knew I wouldn't, but that's not the point because I know it's the best tool to do the job. And uh -huh. I can't I'm I'm at the stage where I can't be too romantic about oh it's you're legend. Want to you're take legend, photos. Man. Well, I have to just get on with it because I, that's and it's hundred, like months down the line now, it was 110% the right decision. And yeah. I'm so glad I did it. Now, I now, might have taught myself out of it if I held it in the store. Well, now because keep, I'm like, oh, keep in mind, Sean, that on, on the back of all of that, you know, you're, you're, you're talking me down off the ledge, you know, <laughs> weekly of going, I really don't like where this button is placed because it hits the edge <laughs> of my finger, not the pad. And that really bugs me. You're just a romantic guy, man. What are you going to do? <laughs> What are you going to do? <laughs> you have to feel your cameras. That's you know? right. That's right. That's right. My, my, mine sit in a bag until they get pulled out in anger and then, then I use them and then I put them away. I, I'm not in love with my cameras. Anger. <laughs> yeah, Just exactly. cursing as you're putting, changing lenses out in the field. Sometimes. Stupid cameras. Sometimes. Plasticky Some... piece of crap. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a nice but image then, though. <laughs> but then, I, yeah, exactly. But then you look at the images and you're going, wowza, that's exactly what I need. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Because no one sees my camera. They see the images. No one cares how I got there. Right. Yeah. So where do you, where do you see the, the evolution of all this? Where, where do you see the, the, not the platforms going because the, I think the platforms are always going to have the same goal and that is numbers and, and revenue, but yeah, how, how you use it, how we use it collectively, is there a chance that social is going to make its way back into social media if it ever even was there? I don't know how, because yeah. I, th I think the problem is like, like, like when we've been talking about some kind of forum or something, mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. it's the difficulty is when, when, like, I don't feel when I put out videos, I, I, I'm very grateful for the people, like the, the comment sections on my videos in general are a really positive place. Yeah. Um, and, and people are very supportive of each other by and large, which is great, but it's not a community because it's not a place people hang out. They right. just go there to watch a video and they leave. Like, I think even... You look at Facebook and, that, and Facebook is dying a fast death in terms of engagement. I'm constantly getting, um, I don't know if you get the same, but like just emails. I, d I don't have Facebook on my phone anymore. I hardly use it, to be honest. 
but it's constantly sending me emails about, oh, someone else posted it, someone you know posted a photograph, or someone you know posted um, an update or whatever, and you go and it's just a random thing. They're right. desperately trying to draw people back in to engage and live there as, as, as a social space. And people obviously aren't. And they're right. panicking by trying to pull people back in desperately. So I don't know if we're changing and maybe we don't hang out in the same spaces online as community anymore. But, but the other side of it is like, like when, when, when we were in Paris, for example, um, I put out on Instagram, which I do usually when I travel to a city, hey, I'll be here at so-and-so time and I'm going to go walk around for a couple of hours and take some street photos. If you want to come join me, come. And, you know, 30 people rock up. Like, so, so being, putting out these, these videos means there, is, there are real people out there who, mm-hmm. when I get to meet them, mm-hmm. it's incredibly social. It's, it's, it, but for me, it's when it happens in real life. Like, I, you know, people will come up and, to me in London and sort of have a long chat. Like, these, these are relationships and connections I just wouldn't have unless I was producing this work. Yeah. Um, it, it happening online on its own, I, it would be great if I could think of a way to make that happen for my stuff. I don't know how. I, I don't know anyone else who's doing it really well. Yeah, um, I don't either. I, I do have some high hopes for for the, the sort of reinvention of Flickr without, yes. without yeah. Yahoo. I think, I think there's some potential there. And yeah. at least back in the day, the groups for me you know, I'm talking 2007, 2008, 2009-ish. They were a great source of of community, and we ended up doing photo walks and meetups on the back of some of that. And yeah, I, yeah. I would love to see a return to that. Yeah, I think that would be great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's something, isn't it? Yeah, but I, I, it's such a hard one. I mean, the the whole social style of stuff. I mean, I know I'm sure you're fine with your podcast, like. The, the social stuff happens when people engage in comments or they get hold of you and send emails and share some of themselves with you. Right. That stuff is invaluable and it and feels very, very social. But getting people to go and hang out on your website, if you built a forum on your website, for example, would be hard because everyone's got a forum. Yeah. So people yeah. aren't going to choose one forum to go hang out on and be properly social. It's very difficult to drive people to one space. So I, I don't really know. How have you, how have you thought about stuff with, with your podcast now in terms of, of uh, how you want to put stuff out, has it changed like as talking or you, after your iteration? Yeah, I think it has. Um, I mean, you, you know, you've been very helpful in, in seeing some things a little more clearly because as I've told you before, you think about these things much more strategically than I do. And again, I don't mean that as a negative at all. Uh, it's, it's a, it's a skill set that, you know, Adrian has it, you have it. I, I just don't have it. I'm, I'm just Mm. the idea guy. And, (laughs) and as, as you have, as you have pointed out many occasions, uh, you know, those ideas, Jeffrey, Jeffrey has a new brilliant idea every week. I'm not kidding. It's true. It's true. But then they get overwhelming, you know, because they're all great. They're all great ideas. Thank you. But you feel a responsibility to achieve them, and when you when you add that that new idea onto the other forty ideas that you haven't acted on yet, mm. then you know as you I forget how exactly you put it, but it was something to the effect this morning of you just end up staying in bed because you realize you're not going to get any of them done, you know, because well, um, you overwhelm yourself. Don't yeah, you? yeah. So I th- I think consolidating all the shows into one feed. And I've, I've been trying to get this everything feed up and running for a little while and telling people mm. about it. But I think moving forward and maybe 
March 1st, that might be enough time for people to kind of migrate over, maybe April, but Mm. I think March would probably be enough time. I'd like to really eliminate the individual show feeds and just do for audio what YouTube does for video, where where, where you subscribe to to me, you know, the, the, the Jeffrey Sidoris experience or whatever it is. Actually, no, yep. Rogan's got that. So please call it that. <laughs> really? <laughs> uh, and, and you'll get, you know, everything I produce. And, and I think if I can promise you, you're not going to get one iteration every week. You're not going to get one PD every week. You're not going to get one in between every week, but you will get one podcast every week. Mm one of those shows and and at least one of those shows because i think that's manageable yeah certainly much more manageable than saying okay i want to do you know four process drivens a month mm. which is if that's Jeez. all i was doing okay yeah but scheduling is very difficult yeah. people's lives are busy they change they they ask to reschedule or they can't do it until the following month and if you don't have a backlog of of episodes already recorded then you've got nothing for that week and you end up scrambling. Yeah. Whereas if I, if I take all three of these shows and then one-off conversations and sort of random, you know, rants or tirades that happen more regularly than I probably should admit, <laughs> <laughs> many of which you're present for. Um, Love them. I think doing it that way and saying, look, if, if you subscribe to this one feed, you'll get everything I do. and mm that feels much more productive and it feels like each of those shows kind of references or informs one another anyway. So I think the content will be more interesting as a result of it because I'm not scrambling simply to fill a time slot. And there's so much precedent for that. I mean, so many YouTube channels have different sorts of shows that go out within that channel. So like take Peter McKinnon, for example, he'd do like a long form vlog mm-hmm. and then he has his, had his two minute Tuesday things he did for a while. There were right. different sort right. of shows that went out within the same channel. So the fact that you have a few different shows with different emphasis that go out through the same feed, you're getting one a week, but it's going to be, uh, it's going to be spread out between those, those slightly different uh, focuses, I think is great. Yeah, it, I think so too. Really well. and, and again, I can't thank you enough for helping me to sort of wrap my head around the fact that it's it's all valuable it's all sort of mm. important and 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 getting those different types of content whether it's a 5 minute iteration or an hour and a half long process driven or a 45 mm-hmm. minute in between it's yep. it strikes different nerves or 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 balances yeah. not only in in time that you have to listen to it but also the type of conversations that tend to happen you know these in between shows are are typically one topic that we just sort of wrestle with for an hour or so. And yeah. I think that then, you know, as you pointed out, this conversation came off the back of of a previous iteration. And, yeah. you know, it may inspire then going and talking to Simon again or talking to Gabrielle, who's certainly, you know, on the yeah. books for for an episode of Process Driven. Yeah. Um, so I do think it it presents a more sort of cohesive look at the interests that I have conversationally and the types of, of uh, shows that are able to sort of deliver that. It leaves you more agile, doesn't it? Like you can respond to things and cover a lot more stuff. And I think if people are like me, I, we just want to hear what you have to say. That's mm-hmm. why we're subscribed. And I think 
having those different outlets with those different flavors, I think is really great. Yeah. Brilliant. I mean, thank you. And I, I do, I still think the elephant in the room is YouTube and I, and you know, we're still working on trying mm. to figure out what that looks like, mm-hmm. but I, I think maybe mono is certainly a great avenue for that. Um, yep. little 15 minute videos. Again, I can do those once a month or so and, mm-hmm. and have that as an addition to to the stuff that's already done and also release it as audio in, in the main feed. If you want to listen to it and just listen, that's great. If you want to watch it, then you can go to YouTube and watch it. So I think that meeting that audience where they are is, is certainly very, very valuable. I think so. Yeah. I mean, and I said to you and I'd say it to anyone is, is, is sit down with a piece of paper, no matter how many ideas you have, and, and put down a schedule on that piece of paper that you are 100% sure you can comfortably meet mm-hmm. into the future, long term. Because, because setting up that precedent up front and putting it out there means you, you're going to relax. Yep. You're going to be able to settle in and really focus on the stuff you want to do. You're not going to feel bad because it's easy to accomplish the schedule you have. And then just plug away at it for a while. And when the new ideas come up, put them in a book, keep them on the side. If you've got the extra capacity to do it, but make sure that schedule gets met. And that's the only way to build that audience over right. time is just to create that expectation. Thank you for listening to this episode of In Between. I hope you enjoyed it. If you've listened to In Between before or have listened to recent episodes of my other shows, Iterations and Process Driven, you've heard me mention my Jeffrey Sidoris Everything feed. Well, over the next several weeks, I'm going to be phasing out the individual show feeds and instead using just the Everything feed for well, everything. I'll be releasing more details about what's coming in 2019 soon, but the short version is if you're enjoying In Between and Iterations and you've been waiting for new episodes of Process Driven, which I promise are coming soon, please consider subscribing to everything so that you don't miss anything. You can connect with me on Instagram and Twitter at Jeffrey Sedoris, that's J-E-F-F-E-R-Y-S-A-D-D-O-R-I-S or on my website at jeffreysedoris.com. And if you'd like to send me an email, you can do that at talkback at jeffreysedoris.com. Connect with Sean Tucker on Instagram at Sean Tuck, that's S-E-A-N-T-U-C-K, or on his YouTube channel at Sean Tucker Photo, or by visiting his website, seantucker.photography. Again, thank you very much for listening. I appreciate you being here, and I'll talk to you on the next one.